0: Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. This is Squirrel here, and Jeffrey and I are going to continue our interview of John Willis. We recorded this at the DevOps Enterprise Summit in Las Vegas, where we launched our book, Agile Conversations, available now for pre-order. Follow the link in the description. And John has all kinds of exciting things to tell us about his life in the world of DevOps, which includes the Equifax breach, and some kind of connection between that and David Foster Wallace. So should be exciting. Enjoy.
1: You know, one of the other big movers or primitives in the sort of DevOps things were things like Chef and Bumpet. Mm -hmm. This idea that, like... I mean, I you know, I was the ninth person at Chef, and today we think it's just natural. I remember going to some of these Lisa conferences in the Northeast, like I in Boston, yeah. and I'm using literary license, but not too far from it, where pitchforks and chasing me with fire, <laughs> like, you're telling me you're going to use this system to build my system? Get, out, get them, guys! Yeah. Running down, like, you yeah. know, Harvard Square with guys, you know, ready to kill me. I mean, it was it was not too far off, right? Yeah. You know? So that was another like major event. So it's just change. It to change and change the minds that, um, that like the idea of sort of manually building infrastructure was fools, a fool's errand. Yeah. And, you know, but, and, and take it one step further. the, the One of the classic DevOps tragedy stories is, uh, the night capital, right? You all heard the night capital, right? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a good, you know, for whatever reason they were building a cluster of eight servers. Uh, it, it, I've, it must have been that they were doing it manual because they missed the missed the eight server they only yeah. did seven the eighth had old code on it they turned on a flag the old code got lit up yeah. and started making like it lost 425 million of uh, of real live trades on something that was six years old yeah 24 hours they're out of business
2: so- <laughs> software matters
1: yeah so- <laughs> and, you know and, and and software in every manifest in other words, your software is your configuration. It's your XML. Yeah, it's your. Right. It's everything that creates the factory. Yeah. It's not just the Java code, right? That's, that, that, right. that's probably the one of the bigger messages manifested over the years is yeah. that the factory is like all these pieces the and configuration put them, them all into source code. Yeah, exactly. and, and today it's like configuration of containers. Yeah. Like how are you configuring containers? Like you, what flags are you using? Do you have these sort of those manifests for containers? being delivered and checked in the pipeline. Yeah. You turn the, you leave the default flag on a Docker command command and you you know, you you know you basically have the same rights. You do a Docker run without saying user equals, you have the same rights as the host. Right. All you have to do is add a user space that was added like three years after Docker was invented. Just a namespace for user yeah where it doesn't assume the host space right yeah. so there are some catastrophes like and they just kubernetes and yaml file like I mean, it never stops right yeah, that's right so the software is this big ball of a bunch of stuff and it's all got to be treated like software What I as we in this
2: conversation we talked about it we, earlier you, you know I talked briefly about deming and for me a lot of this is um, like systems thinking and seeing the whole thing and uh, how, you know where, where does the whole start? And where does it end? You know, it's, that's, to me, the whole trend over time has been, you know, really starting in with the agile stuff in, you know, I, I kind of was on Words Wiki in 99 and uh, uh, seen these people talk about it. And then this idea, we've got to break down the silos. We have to, you know, we have to, we have to expand our vision. Like we don't, we want to get away from local optimizations. We want to get away from, you know, this sort of uh, uh, false, uh, false wins. And it just kind of expands out and out until it sort of it has to encompass the whole enterprise
1: yeah i mean it's the, the you know i mean the, the, so and you know, i've been mean, attributed to me and damon it was of camps right Culture, mm-hmm. automation measurement sharing right mm-hmm. It's early. earlier it was we we came out with that accidentally after the first u.s devops days okay we were like we, we had our own podcast we'd sort of get guests on and then we were so mesmerized by the first, like there was the first one in Ghent and it was like 50 people. Mm-hmm. Nine months later, we have 300 people in Mountain View and it's just explosive, like right. mind boggling Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to just see like how many people are just like incredibly passionate about this thing. Like it was, it was such an affirmation of like, this thing has got like, so me and Damon about it's a It's not week, just
2: us. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's not just 50,
1: 50 people in Ghent, right? Oh, yeah. We're two like awesome people, you know, Patrick, everybody. Right. But, but, but the thing was, we did this podcast and we were like, like let's just talk about what happened and it's still out there. Yeah. And we started sort of codifying and we accidentally came up with an acronym, which was um, culture automation measurement sharing. But but so that, you know, and over the years, people will say like, you know, AMS, you know, CAMS, not AMS. Okay. The automation <laughs> measurement sharing without the culture, yeah, right? Yeah. Like all those things. But but going back to Deming, like I challenge anybody who's listened to this thing, who's ever heard of Demi. Google it and read his 14 points Mm -hmm. and then watch any show notes. We'll have a link. (laughs) And and, and then think of any presentation you've seen about behavior and culture over the last couple of years. You'll see the manifestation of this. This is something like um, Dr. Deming had codified 60 years ago of his thinking pattern, 50, 60. It was the genesis of what Toyota did. Yeah. To your to the production system, what then becomes lean, which really becomes DevOps today, Agile and DevOps. Like he is the Shakespeare of that. Yeah. And so go look at his 14 points. And it's it's all about sort of humans in a system. It's a systems thinking approach. It is never he, you know, he always said it's what, 94% system and 6% human or something mm-hmm. like that. I think he was live today. He would say it was 99% <laughs> system and, or maybe even go all spar on us and go 99.9% systems yeah. and 0.1, you know, human. Right. I, I, mean,
2: I was going with, it's the, uh, the quote that I always remember is that the the output of a system is a function of the system, not the people within it.
1: Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. And, yeah so, and, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, they'll get very meta here, but like we sort of have this um, like sort of Sloan, you know taylor sloan deterministic the human is sort of in control and and like it it is sort of what you know uh, western commerce has been built around general motors all that and it is this notion of that there are these systems and then there are humans as actors that sort of manipulate or see the system right what Deming was telling us and then you know by the way the um the first version of Peter Senge, I always get his name, or Sen- Peter Senge, yeah, Senge yeah. version of the fifth discipline, yeah. sent it to Deming. Deming was still alive, yeah. and Deming wrote a whole critique of it. Okay. And it's actually in a second edition. Of <laughs> uh, and it was so. I mean, like Peter Senge was was basically a, a student and disciple of Deming. Yeah, system thinking, right? Like so, like anything that is spun in terms of system thinking, whether it came from Deming or not, yeah. Um, I mean that's the way, and so the way I mean at least now in today's world where people embrace complexity, they don't see the human as sort of a decoupled abstraction from the system. Yeah. Like the the human, they, they, the they human changes the system, and the system does this. Or <laughs> well, the system tells the human through an alert, yeah. do this. Right. Like okay, that one alert tells me everything I need to know about this incredibly. You know, the, the, what Deming was saying, was saying what complex theory is that human is just one component in a complex system. Yeah. No more, no less. Like, no, no higher variables, um, you know, attribution than anything other than just one sort of actor in all the actors. And, and once you embrace that, then you get to look at the problem. and, 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 and it, it changes and, the way you look at, at everything. Right. And the human is is, is influential. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know how long, when you're going to want to cut me off, but you look at, <laughs> I, I've done some forensics on the Capital One, and I'm going to talk about this tomorrow, and the Equifax. Uh-huh. And what's interesting is there's, there's an easy way to look at it. You can say Equifax was they didn't patch. They so didn't these, patch are, these are security breaches. Big time, big, top, top, big like two, got, like yeah. the Equifax was the biggest mm-hmm. financial breach um, in terms of cost, $5 mm-hmm. billion market cap loss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one description of that breach was the person who should have patched the application didn't patch it. Mm-hmm. The other, if you, there's a congressional report that came out at the end of December last year, which they described the whole thing, and um, there were so many things, any one of those things would have went right. Yeah. And I think about the Air France four four seven, right, which is the um, the plane crash that was coming from uh, not Brazil, but um, when it, so it was just to say it was Brazil. To, to, It'll be
0: in the show notes. Don't yeah, worry. yeah, yeah.
1: I love show notes. <laughs> Brazil to to uh, um, Paris. And it disappeared. This happened about five years, four or five years ago. It just disappeared three hours in over the ocean. Mm-hmm. And there was all these theories, and it took them a year to find the black box. Well, when they found out all the things that had happened, so the, so the easy explanation, just like patching the the Struts two vulnerability, um, that this Java, you know, Tomcat library um, was the answer to what went wrong. Well, just like they could say that um, the whatever those valves that do the airspeed, they all froze. Right. Yeah, but like the senior pilot was sleeping. The senior pilot came up and went to the right seat. Airbus has this weird sort of algorithmic way. And so the junior pilot was trying to lift up. He should have been down, you know. Yep. Then the senior pilot's pushing. If it was um, if it was a Boeing plane with the know, yokes uh, yeah, where, yeah.
2: where where you can feel what the other person's doing. That's so, right. Like so there's the, 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 the design
1: so you know, the um you know Goals. a friend of yeah. mine's a pilot did the Johannesburg Eneland? He's a neighbor. He said that in Delta there's always two senior pilots in the cockpit. That's not a it wasn't a policy. Like you start adding up all the things. Right. And so you can go from like it was the airspeed valves that froze, and that's they lost all their fly-by-wire telemetry. Right. And you can say Equifax was they didn't patch, but by the way, they had. Um, that's kind of ignoring the whole system and all the surface area. So the IDS, the, the, the intrusion detection systems that they spend a ridiculous amount of money, black box that look for abnormal water, they all had eighteen uh, month expired certs. Okay. <laughs> that's one. The yeah. the the CISO reports to the CFO. This is Conway's law, right? Yeah. So when they asked her in testimony, why didn't you tell the CIO that the PII was breached? Mm-hmm. She said, "I didn't think about it." Well, because she worked for the she reported the chief um, the chief um, legal officer, not the mm-hmm. CIO. The chief legal officer, CISO reports the chief legal officer, right? Like, see so like you start seeing all these things, and you know, same. I'll talk a little about like even Capital One. Like there was, it wasn't just that they made a mistake on a WAF.
2: I think this is one of the things that for people that listeners who who look into sort of how disasters happen, one of the common, common things, it's never just one thing mm-hmm. it's, and it's, it's almost of those cases that you have to have all these certain conditions that all line up. And, and, uh, because if they, if, if it's something else, like we'd have these disasters more often, yeah. you would have found it earlier. But the fact is that you have to have this sort of rare combination of events. But then of course what we want
1: to do is go back and say, Oh, this person yeah, 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 It's our nature that's sort of we we need in our head to have that single it you know, it had to be understandable, comprehensible you know. thing. So Sidney Decker said – great one of my favorite quotes of all time, Sidney Decker says that uh, Murphy's law um, is wrong. <laughs> it's not everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Mm-hmm. It's everything that can go wrong will go right. <laughs> right and and that's, yeah, that, exactly. that's the thing right like the, that's when you sort of everything went right everything went right everything went right everything went right and then on, nice. on the 480th day a hundred people know. died yep. right yep. you know so because you never got to see evidence of all the little things that were sort of the nine things went wrong but the 10th didn't yeah yep. but on this 480th day all, all 10, 10 went happened. wrong yeah. there you go okay all right but that's Deming well, right. to, to wrap it all the way back i mean like you can that was, you know, if you saw into what Deming was talking about in Out of Crisis or New Economics in his books or any people who have studied him, it was all about the human being part of the system. The system is the real thing that we yep. think about.
2: I'm going to turn that briefly to, to Senge, who you mentioned in the in his book, The Fifth Discipline, Fifth which discipline. is about building a learning organization, uh, because... Uh, we actually use one of his illustrations in our book, mm-hmm. uh, which is his, the ladder of inference, which is a tool oh, he got. I
1: love the ladder of inference touchdown. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Yeah. We're, oh, that is—we um... call it test-driven development for people. There you go. Because
1: you can go by small steps and learn. Can, I, the can other I still go you my ladder of inference example? Yeah, please. Go. So, so I, I've we'll done. Close with that. Go ahead. I've added the, this to my presentation. So, I explain the ladder of inference. Right. Uh, Argus, Argus, yeah. so, so I'm terrible. So, like, here's what I want to explain to you all in my presentation. I'm giving a presentation and I see like Susie, and it's in a company. There's been a lot of sort of contention about who owns what and you know, what group does this and that group never does this. They never like, so I see Susie during my presentation, I'm doing a presentation on all these groups and I see she's fiddling with her phone. And so my normal sort of <laughs> rotating, uh, you know, cycle is like, you know what, she does this every time, and, and then I, the thing's over, and I write a stupid email to her boss, and then like you know, all haywire happens, and I say, you know what, I'm gonna force myself out of that cycle, and I'm gonna say, "Hey Susie, I noticed you were on your phone," and she's like, "Yeah, the reason on my phone is I had a meeting." I'm canceling because what you're talking about is the most interesting stuff we need to do in this organization. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then like like it's that like like not falling into that trap of these sort of biases and memory. Mm-hmm. And and, Where you and go also pressing up to the top and find the actions. And also and talks about this all the time, about like making sure that you're always looking for that alternative. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys know uh, the um, forget it, the author, um, the crazy author. I know you'll know it. Um well, it is his name. <laughs> Oh, I hate myself. Um, um, we'll put it in the show All right. Then. Yeah. No. He'll tell us later. Yeah. Okay. Ha- he has. It's what's called one of the greatest um, commencement speeches ever. It's uh, why can't I think of his name? Malcolm
2: Gladwell. Uh, no. Uh, oh, David Foster Wallace. Yes. This, thank is, you. this is water. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah that that is the ladder of influence. Yeah. Remember he talks about, so anybody, the, 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 the this is water, like yeah. brilliant. Link in the show notes. Brilliant. Yeah. But there's a ton of brilliant stuff in it. But the one point he talks about, like, the next time you see a, a gas clothing the SLV, UV, just raining and rooting out in the thing, and you're like, oh, I hate that person. They're so evil. Just imagine for a second that their kid is dying and they're on the way to the hospital. Right. as opposed to the gas scubbling horrible human yeah. that just steals all the road time and doesn't care about anybody else's safety. Yeah. Just force yourself to just step out of that for a second and say, well, what if their kid is in the backseat of the car and they've got to get to the hospital because yeah. they're dying? Like, I, that guy is the most awesome. The most He's thank no, you. Yes.
2: Well, well, you're going <laughs> to enjoy tomorrow night. We're doing our book signing. We'll give away galleys of our book. Uh, sorry for the podcast listeners. You won't be able to do it, but our book is available free to But we'll show you. We'll, we'll point out the uh, the parts in uh, part one of our book where we talk about uh, thinking fast and slow, and how people oh, sub- yes. substitute coherent stories for correct ones. Oh wow! And man. and the problem is you. That's the, when you think of that negative story, yeah, yeah. Uh, whether it's the person in the in the room who's ignoring Julie's you. Julie's GPA, right?
1: Yeah. Julie's uh, um, what's it? Kennaehans. Julie's GPA. You know,
2: the, the, that's the, his famous uh, Kennaehans. Yeah, yeah.
1: Julie Julie was an avid reader from when she was five years old. Yeah. she yeah, read yeah. like five books a week. Yeah. She's about to graduate high school. What's your GPA at? Three, three, yeah, at uh, <laughs> Hey, let me add one more thing. Julie was a drug addict when she, I don't know, like, that was yeah. cool. she was a drug addict for a time. She turned 16 years. She had no GPA. Yeah. You know, like, that's the, you
2: know. You the, can, but you come up with a story and you, you, uh, you, you, that's, you'll stop there. Yeah. As opposed but, to really thinking of all the other totally, yeah, coherence. So, yeah, and, yeah. and we'll talk about our, our technique, coherence busting, which is. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love it. Ha- a mechanical approach to sort of True. get yourself to think of alternatives. Yeah. So we, we each have our own to, uh, we'll, just, we, yeah. podcast also, we'll,
0: well, we'll do the link in the show notes. Well, so as, tell as, you to later. be
1: a better human. I actually, even though I forgot the name of it, yeah. I try to watch this is listen to watch this is water. Yeah. I mean, I really literally want to try to listen to it every year of my life. Yeah. Cause it, 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 when you're in the world yeah, and you're about to make all these like assumptions about what somebody is and what they're doing. You think about him, and you say, "You know, what if I just step back and say, maybe there's another, there's another answer to why that person just did that?" Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a good way to live your life,
0: basically. Sounds great. Yeah. Advice for living your life from uh, John Wills. Um, and the Agile T troubleshooting. That's fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, John, for yeah. coming along. We'll have lots of links. Uh, I've covered an that's entire great. page with uh, with show notes and, awesome. uh, of course, links to you and, and ways to reach you. Yeah. Uh, what's the best way for listeners to find you? I mean, usually you
1: know, that's, uh, i mean, It's I'll not have, so easy a, to spell. I'll have a John Willis at Red Hat something at some okay. point. but uh, We'll have but, a link. Don't but, worry. Twitter, Twitter. Everything. Don't try to spell botch will no, we'll, have... we'll, we'll we'll put <laughs> it in the show awesome. notes.
0: Don't worry. Good. And of course, also you can find us, Jeffrey and me, at troubleshootingagile.com. Get in touch with email and Twitter and all those good things. Uh, we like hearing questions and thoughts. We've, we've covered a huge amount of ground today, so I'm sure that will trigger some interesting discussion with our listeners. And uh, also, we like it when people click subscribe, because if you do that, then you get to hear us next Wednesday and every Wednesday after that with, uh, we hope, something as interesting as what we've managed to cover today. Right. So thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, John. Yeah. Thank Very much know. appreciated. We'll talk to our listeners next week. All right. Thanks, Scrum.